Well, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> kind of what it feels like setting our clocks, whatever we did. I don't even know what we did. Julie did it. I blame her. <laughs> it's good to see you this morning. Are you glad you came to church today? Yes. Now, don't lie to me. Are you glad you're in the house of the Lord today? And it's good to, good to be with you today. I uh, have been in a, we've been in a little series entitled The Good Life. This may be my last message. I do reserve the right to be wrong. But I think this might be the last. But anyway, uh, we've talked about things like the good life, like following the good shepherd, reading and heeding the good book. Uh, we talked about choosing to have a good life we've talked about being the good salt uh jesus said salt is good and we are the salt of the earth and we need to be out there and be that good salt in a world that's lacking the flavor and the goodness of god amen, amen. today i want to talk about being of good courage to live the good life requires that we be a people that have courage. We need that courage. And the picture you see up there with the lion, the reason why we have the, the lion on the screen is that the lion represents, well, there was a scripture I came across, and that got my wheels turning. And so we found this, uh, found this little idea here. But uh, the reason for the lion up there is that lions are the king of beasts. They are fearless. They are bold. They are courageous. And in the Bible... Lions are used as similes or metaphors for good or for bad. David said he called some of his enemies, he said they are like lions. Their swords and their spears are like sharp teeth. Uh, Peter tells us that Satan is like a roaring lion, seeking, prowling about, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. In the book of Revelation, we find that Jesus is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah, symbolizing how mighty in power he is and victorious in warfare. But there is another scripture I want you to see before we turn to Joshua 1. This is found in Proverbs 28, verse 1. And it says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Hallelujah. And you and I, those of us who believe in the Lord, we're the righteous. Amen? Come on, can I get a good amen out there? And as the righteous of God, we don't run in fear. We are bold. We have courage in our hearts. And I believe God wants us to be a people that have that lion-hearted kind of courage to do God's will. If we're going to have a good life, we've got to have the courage to live the good life and to go after all that God has for us. So with that in mind, let's look to Joshua chapter 1. And I'm going to read, I, I'd like for you to keep your Bibles open there because I'm going to, we're going to kind of dive into the first nine verses of this chapter in Joshua chapter one, but I just, to kind of get us started, I want to just begin today by reading verses 6 through 9 in Joshua chapter 1. If you have your Bibles there, let's look together, beginning at verse 6, and this is the Lord speaking to Joshua, 
thereby to the whole nation before they were going to go in to conquer the land. Here's what God said to him. He said, be strong and of good courage. Everybody say good courage. Be strong and of good courage for this for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many in the room want good success in your life? And then he says in verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Listen, this is a command. He said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. So, Father, we love your word and we need your word so that we can live your word. And I just pray that today, God, you would... Give me what I don't have to be able to share what you want every one of us to receive today. Lord, we, we invite your presence in these next few moments. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says amen. amen. Now, we're talking about courage. To have the good life, we've got to have good courage. We've got to be of good courage. And when I was studying for this message, I came across a couple of quotes that I want to show you up on the screen. The first one is this. Someone said that courage is the ability not to let people know how scared you are on the inside. That's courage. I like, I like that. That's me right there. And uh, here's another one I found. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. When you think about it, where there's no fear, there's no courage. Because courage is needed to face and to deal with fearful situations. Courage is needed when you have every reason, naturally speaking, to be very afraid. That's why you need to be strong and of good courage because you're entering into something that's way over your head. It's out of your league. You're not in that league. You, If it was up to you or if it was left to you, you wouldn't make it. And I wonder how many of us in this room this morning are afraid. Maybe we've been called to something. Maybe we have a vision of something or a dream of something, or we know that God is calling us into a deeper place, but there's a fear in us to go after it. We have, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid to fail. We're afraid that things won't turn out. Sometimes we're even too afraid to try. 
to believe, to hope, to, to think that God will do it. If I go after it, if God has called me to it, if God has given me a promise to stand on or believe in, and I'm not, I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid I'll fail or I'm afraid it won't work out or I'm afraid it won't come to pass. I wonder how many of us are like that. Well, I want to tell you, if you have any kind of fear on the inside of you, if you feel like you're in something that's way over your head, that you are not going to be able to accomplish it or it may not work out, I just want to remind you, you are in good company because there's been a lot of people in God's Word that felt like they were in places like that. But when they stepped into it with courage, God showed up and He brought a great victory in their life. And He'll do the same for you. How many of you believe that today? If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. And I think sometimes we don't see that when you're in the middle of a fearful situation, when you're, when you're up against something. But I just want to tell you today, I want to remind you that you, having believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you became empowered in his power. And you have been pre-wired to be an overcomer. No matter what scary situation you might find yourself in, whatever God has called you to, whatever God has put before you, whatever promises God has said to you, and you're going to go after it, you're going to take hold of it, I want to tell you, you are pre-wired for victory. Hallelujah. In the power of Jesus. Well, this brings us back to this book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is a picture I think the, the, the best picture, if you will, of this idea of overcoming, the overcoming abundant life, the good life, because it's a picture of the promised land that is before the children of Israel, that all of God's promise and all of God's blessing, and it's a, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's the good life. But all you got to do is you got to go in and possess it. God said, it's my land and I give it to you. 430 years before this event, God had promised the land of Canaan to Abraham. He said, to you and to your descendants, I'm going to give this land. And this is the good life that I have for them. But if you want the land, you're going to have to go in and possess it. And there's the rub because there were giants in the land. There were obstacles in the land there was resistance in the land there was going to be the temptation to despair because it was going to take a while and it wasn't going to be easy but so they had to have courage and this is what God was saying to Joshua now Joshua for me is a picture in he's a picture of kind of two separate individuals if you will I guess he's a on the one hand he's a picture of Christ our Joshua in fact Jesus name in the Greek is a transliteration of the Hebrew name Joshua. Jesus is Joshua, and Joshua would be Jesus, Yeshua. And so Joshua is a picture of Christ leading us triumphantly into the procession and the possession of the land, all of God's promises through Jesus Christ. But also I believe that Joshua is a picture of every one of us in another sense. Because God, like Joshua, has called us and he has commissioned us and he's appointed us to establish the kingdom in the earth. 
He has called us to all of his promises to go in, to take it. He said, it's my land, but I give it to you. But you've got to, you've got to possess it. The only caveat is you've got to have the courage to do it. It's there for you to take hold of. But you have to have the courage to go in and take everything that God has given to you. So if we're going to be possessors of the good life, we need to be filled with good courage. And so this is what I want to talk about this morning. To be of good courage, there are about four things out of this passage that I want to bring to our attention. First of all, if you're going to be of good courage, you need to see your potential in the Lord. You need to know the great potential that you have in God to possess what God has for you. Now, I want you to look with me in chapter 1, verse 1, and I want you to see these first two verses. This is what the Bible says. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. That's a shocking statement for Joshua to hear. Because for 40 plus years, he's lived under authority, and he had Moses, who was responsible for all of the people. But now God comes to Joshua, and he says, Moses is dead. You don't have him to hide behind now anymore. You don't have him. He, he's not the one responsible for the nation of Israel. Now I'm talking to you. Amen. He said, my servant Moses is dead. Now therefore arise. Everybody say arise. Go over this Jordan. And this Jordan at that time was at flood stage. And it was probably about 1,000 to 1,500 feet wide when normally it's only about a hundred feet wide. And it was at flood stage. And he says, take this people over this Jordan at flood stage. You and all the people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. So the point I want to make here is that Joshua was not the man in charge for all of these years. Moses was the one in charge. But now Moses is dead. The past is dead. What, what, what was before is dead and gone. Now God comes to you and he says to you and to me, now you're the one that needs to cross over. You're the one who needs to be the leader. You're the one who needs to step up. You can do this. You can't ride on the coattails of anybody else. Amen. But in order to do that, we need to see our potential. Do you know that no less than Nine times in the books of Deuteronomy and Joshua did God have to encourage Joshua in his leadership. He told Moses, Moses spoke it to him four times. God told Moses four times, go and encourage Joshua that he's going to be the leader of this people and that he's going to take them over the land. Twice the people of God encouraged him be encouraged. Be of good courage. You're going to lead us. God here in this passage three times tells him, be strong and of good courage. Do you think he may have had a problem with discouragement? 
For nine times, the Bible had to encourage this man, you can do this. Can I tell you, there is not one promise that God has given that you and I can't go after. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is nothing that God has placed in your heart, no vision, no call, no dream, that you can't do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hallelujah. Amen. Here's the reason why. Because God equips you. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And for 40 years, God has been working on Joshua's heart. He's been preparing him every battle he faced, every circumstance he went through, dwelling in the presence of God. When Moses would go home after he spent time with God's presence, the Bible said Joshua would stay in the presence of God. What was God doing? He was equipping him. He was getting him ready for the next stage of life. And I want to tell you, wherever you are right now, whatever your place and whatever your position And whatever your circumstance, you are at a place where God is preparing you for the next place. You're not going to stay here. You're going in, whether you like it or not. Amen. Moses is dead. Go, because God's been equipping, equipping you. Amen. And the only thing we need to do wherever we are right now, because this is what Joshua did. He was just faithful right where he was at. You just be faithful to God. You walk with God. You trust God. You believe God. You obey God. You, you, live, you live as though you, you and, and you are. You are under authority. And all you have to do is be faithful. What did Jesus teach us? He said, if you're faithful with the few, I will make you ruler over much. If you will be faithful right here, you're going to step in and you're going to get the victory. God is going to give you the rule. Amen. Not only was God equipping him, but God was going to enable him. I want you to look at it again. Verse 2. Look at this. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people. Now, look at verse 3. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you I have given you I have given you listen nothing you and I can do or ever accomplish is ever going to be in our own strength don't ever get it wrong it comes by the grace and the power of God listen Moses is dead Joshua and here's what God was saying Moses is dead Do this. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Joshua was no Moses, but God is saying, I'm still God. Whether it's Moses or Joshua or Tim Mosslander or Kevin Stewart or Katie, it doesn't matter. You say, well, I'm no this or I'm no that. It doesn't matter. God is still God. He's still God. Come on now. That's good news. I know we're an hour behind on our sleep, but that's good news. Hallelujah. Jesus taught us that we need to be endued from 
with power from on high. And with God's power, there's nothing we can't do. I, I guess I just, I, I want you to see your potential. Why? Because God is equipping you and God will enable you. There's nothing you can't do. And that's what the Lord was saying with Joshua. Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There's nothing you can't do with me. Hallelujah. The second thing we need to do if we, to have this good courage, to be a good courage, is we need to stake our claim. We need to stake our claim. Now look at what verse 3. Let's just look at it together if you have your Bibles there. Here's what the Lord says to him. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have already given to you, as I said to Moses. And he went on to explain in verse 4 the dimensions of the land from the wilderness of Lebanon as far as the great river of Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, and toward the great sea to the going down of the sun. This shall all be your territory. Now look at verse 5. He says, And no man, no person, no enemy, no resistance, no opposition, he says, will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. And what he was saying to him was when you go into that land, you just start planting your feet everywhere throughout that land because I've already given it to you. And wherever you take authority and wherever you stake claim, it's yours. And he gave them the dimension. And do you know that Israel never ever has to date ever fully encompassed all the promised land. How many blessings and promises are we missing out on? They're just waiting for us to step in and to begin to stake our claim and to take it. But oftentimes, I, this is not the only reason, but often is the case that we lack the courage to keep going on. Come on. I'm, I'm starting to preach now. I'm starting to feel my oats right now. We lack the courage. It takes bravery to stand in the face of resistance when you're constantly bombarded and attacked because you're a child of God, because you're a, you're a person of the Lord Jesus Christ. All hell is going to come against you. The enemies, there's giants in, those, in that land. There's giants that are trying to withstand you and to oppose you and to resist you. And we have to be able to, we have to have the courage to face the danger. You're going to come under attack. Your marriage is going to come under attack. Your children are going to come under attack. You're going to come under attack physically. There's all kinds of ways the enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you the promised land. We've got to stake our claim. He said, every place that you set your foot, it's already yours. That sounds like whatever you bind on earth will have already be bound in heaven. That's what that sounds like to me. We need to have the courage 
in the face of danger, to have the bravery to go in and to, get, and to go after what God has for us. And it takes determination. That word tread, where he said tread, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread, it means to march with force and determination. Go after it. The Bible says we've been given very great and precious promises. Go after them. Have the courage to go after them. It takes determination, but it also takes a daily commitment. Look at verse 5. He says, No man shall be able to stand before you. Now look at the next three or four words. All the days of your life. Everybody say days. These are the days of your life. All the days. You know what God was giving him an insight to? Joshua, this is going to be a while. All the days. It's a daily commitment. Amen. Amen. If I don't have what God has promised, then I've got tomorrow I'm going after. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. We never get to a place where, ah, I've got everything. I've got as much as I possibly need. Now I'll float in and out of church here and there, and I'll try to be a good person here and there. No, no, you've got, there's a promised land. There's a calling. There's an appointment. There's, there's something that God has given to you, and he wants you to have the courage to go after it. Stake your claim. It's a daily commitment. I love this passage. I've always loved this verse of Scripture that God breaks this down. And it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22. And it says, The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. Look at the words. Little by little. You will be unable to destroy them all at once. Lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. And I love that idea that the Lord is saying, I'm going to be with you day after day after day, and you're going to get victory. It's going to seem little by little, but it's going to be good for you because you're going to get stronger and stronger to where the land doesn't consume you, but you consume it. I'm going to give you victory. A little here and a little there and a little here and a little there. But you got to walk it out every day. You have to have determination every day. I'm not going to miss out on the promise of God. I'm not going to miss out on what God wants me to do. God's called me to this. God's appointed me for this. And I'm going to go after it even if it is little by little. A little here and a little there is better than nothing at all anywhere. Amen. See your potential. If you want to have, if you want to be of good courage and get all that God wants for you to do God's will in your life, you have to see who God has made you to be. But also, you need, you and I, we need to stake our claim, put our foot down. I'm going to get my freedom. I'm going to get my liberation. I'm going to get my I'm going I'm to see God do a great work through me. I'm not just going to sit around 
and just watch God work through other people. I'm going to be a Joshua, and I'm going to possess my land. And I'm going to bring a lot of people with me. Amen. Amen. The third thing, of course, in this passage that we see, and this is probably most familiar to many of us, is we need to stand on the word. We need to see our potential, stake our claim. And in order to do this, we need to stand on the word of God. Now, here's what the Lord said, and we kind of read this already in verse 6. He said, be strong and of good courage, because you will lead this people to inherit the land. And I love that. Let me just stop right there and just say that God gave him a vision. He said, you will inherit the land. And we need that vision. Amen. We need that dream. We need that thing before us. But we're not going to get there without heeding the word, what God says to us. And so he says in verse 7 and 8, he says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe. Everybody say observe. That you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. If you want success in your life, if you want the good life, he says, you've got to stand on the word of God. And then in verse 8, he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. You will have a good life. And then you will have good success. Church, we need to get back to the Word of God. I know I already did a message on reading and heeding the good book. But I'm going to tell you something. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm not just talking about the habit of reading. It's amazing how we know so little of God's word, of his promise, of his precepts. God's word is filled with promises for us to take hold of. It's a, it shows, it gives us, it lays out before us a pathway to walk in. We need the word of God because we're not going to be very strong and very courageous without Something to build our lives upon. There's no footing. What what did Paul say in a warfare? He said you got to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You need the word of God to give you strong standing. Because you're in warfare all the time. You're in a battle every day. You need that word of God, which is the peace of God, to give you confidence in the feet. In the face of warfare. Amen? Amen. Come on, don't shout, don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching right. Listen, our success in life or our failure is tied to our relationship to the truth. You can't, you can't separate it. If you're not having, if we're not having good success, if we're not seeing the plans and the purpose and the will of God happen in our lives, we have to go back to check what's my relationship to God's word? What's my relationship to the truth of God's word? 
God was saying to Joshua, Joshua, you're going to go in. This land is your land. Every place you stake your claim, you're, you have the power. You have the ability. Oh, oh, but listen, hey, don't forget about the book. Don't forget about this. This is how it works. And I've laid it all out, and I've given it to Moses. How many of you know that God has laid it all out for us? Come on, how many of you know that God's laid it all out for us? And he said, if you'll get into this word, and there are three things, three things about the word, about our relationship to the word, that I, I think it's important for us to see here. First of all, he says it needs to be our meditation. I would even use, I would like to use the word concentration. Let me, let me give you the words. Meditation, proclamation, and activation. That's our relationship to the word. Meditate on the word. That word meditate literally means to murmur beneath your breath, speaking, rocking. The word meditate, it spoke of somebody rocking back and forth, and they're murmuring what they're reading. They're speaking it back over themselves. They're muttering it. They're, it's coming over. It's in their, It's just in them. They're, they're meditating on the Word of God. They're concentrating on what God says. And that's getting the truth to the head and to the heart. Amen. Amen. Meditate in it day and night. Get this word in you. Keep your mind on the word. Think about what God is saying. Think it through. Think what it means for your life here and now. Don't just read it to check it off. Meditate on it. Amen. Amen. And then he said, this Word shall not depart from your mouth. Proclamation. Speak the word. You know, here's what the Lord said. He said to the priests, Priests, you are to speak the word to the people. And he told the people in the law of Moses, People, you are to speak the word to one another. And he told moms and dads, Moms and dads, you're to speak the word to your children. We're all to proclaim the word. You know, one of the, you don't just need people around you to make you feel better about yourself. You need people around you to check you. You don't just need a bunch of yes people. You need people in your life that'll speak truth to you. Amen. And people around you need that. And we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to have the courage to overcome and the courage to hang in there if we're not speaking the Word of God. And we need to speak it to ourselves. Right? Talk to yourself on what God says. And then there's the activation. Meditation, proclamation, activation. He said, be careful to observe. He said it twice in both Verse 7, verse 8, observe to do according to all the law. Can I just say that God's word is not a suggestion? It's a statute. It's not an opinion. God's word is his word. And if I don't have the word, I'm not going to have the courage to go on. I'm not, not going to have the courage to go after it. And so we need to stand on the Word of God. 
Amen? And then the fourth thought that I have out of this passage for us is we need to stay the course. We need to stay the course. Now I want you to look at verse 9 with me. The Lord said, after he went through all of this, he said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He said, don't get, you're going to be tempted to despair, quit, stop, maybe even turn back. But don't do it. Stay the course. Anybody here ever just wanted to quit at all? Come on. I got both hands up. I'm a quitter. No. I've wanted to. Why? Because it takes courage sometimes. It's not, it's not that it's just difficult. It's not that I just, it's people. It takes courage to keep going, keep believing, keep praying, keep hoping, keep building. It just takes courage. You know why people quit? They lack courage. They didn't have the courage to stay in there. They didn't have the courage to stay with it. Because you got to be brave in the face of danger. That's what the Lord was saying to him. Joshua, stay the course. Have I not commanded you? It's not a suggestion. It's not an opinion. I'm telling you. Stay, hang in there. Hallelujah. Hang in there. Joshua didn't know at the time that the next seven years after this talk that he had with God, it was going to be seven years of continual and constant warfare to just kind of inhabit the land. That's, and not, not all of the enemies are out of the land yet. Seven years of ongoing battle and warfare. And then many more years before they began to divide the spoils in the land and allot the land to the tribes. And when Joshua left, you remember at the end of the book of Joshua, he stands up and he says, you need to choose this day whom you will serve. For as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That was right before he died. And when he left, they still didn't have all of the land. It's going to take a while. Life's like that. I mean, you want to live a long time, don't you? Come on. Got to stay the course. This last week I was reading in my devotions and I came to this little verse of scripture at the end of the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 17. And, the, and Paul was writing and he said, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. And I remember reading at the time, because there's hardly any mention of Archippus. We don't even know fully who he is. We think he was probably a pastor in the city of Colossae. But why is that in there? Like, what's it there for? Well, it's probably being spoken by Paul because he's heard that Archippus is thinking about jumping ship. He's like, 
I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure this is, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. I mean, if it's in the book, there's a reason why it's in there. And I wonder how many of us are in that. We're like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I mean, I know I was called to it. I know God told me that I can go in and take possession in every place that I set my feet in the city of Colossae. He will give it to me. But I don't know. It's been a long, hard journey. And I'm not sure I want to do it anymore. So Paul writes a book in a book that's supposed to be read to everybody. This isn't a personal little side note. The whole book was read to the whole congregation. And tell Archippus, stay the course. To stay the course, there's a couple of thoughts I want to give you. I want to give you two words. Optimism and obedience. Now, the word optimism... I don't mean to just kind of sound flimpid about like, well, you just got to have a better attitude. But we're talking about the word optimism. Um, a synonym for that would be confidence. Being confident. Paul said, I'm confident of this one thing. He who began a good work in you will fulfill it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's a, being optimistic. Com- I'm, I'm, comp- I'm optimistic. God started something in you. And I know he's going to finish it, right? Come on. We can't lose that. The Lord said, have I not told you? I mean, if you've got nothing else to hold on to, hold on to what I told you. Didn't I say? If you've got nothing else, if everything around you is bad news, what did God say? Have I not told you? Amen. Amen. Well, Also this last week, I was reading through the book of Numbers, and I was reading Numbers chapters 12, 13, and 14. And in that passage, um, that's where the children of Israel, 40 years before Joshua chapter 1, God had brought them to the edge of the promised land, and he said, you guys can get ready to go in. And so they sent uh, 12 spies, or they sent in a search committee, if you will, to search out the land and they came back and you know the story 10 of them 10 out of the 12 were like yeah well they they all said it was a land flowing with milk and honey it is as the lord said but 10 of them said we're not going to do that we're not going in no matter what god wants it's not going to work for us this is not in our budget this is not in our plan this is not going to this isn't this isn't going to work and uh, you know what the Bible says about those 10 spies? Let me just throw this at you. This is in the Bible. It said the Lord struck those 10 spies dead with the plague who struck fear in the heart of the people. Well, that ought to set you on the edge of your seat. That's what the Bible said. <laughs> and um, so... Caleb and Joshua, out of the 12, were the only, they were a part of that search committee. They were the only two that saw we can do this. Forty years before Joshua chapter 1, Joshua and Caleb said, no, if God said it's ours, it's ours. We can go after it, right? We can get it. 
Well, that morning after I read that, I reached down. I had a little. Lead, I have a little leadership booklet that I have been failing to read through, and it's a 365-day devotional for leaders, and it's written by a Christian man, and it just has one or two lines on all the little things for 300. But you know, I just can't bring myself to open it up and read it. Well, that morning, however. I, I saw it there, and after I did my devotions in the Bible, I read, I picked that book up, and let me, let me just show you a couple of these, this, this guy's name is Haggai, and let me just show you a couple of thoughts that I read. The first one is this, today's attitude is tomorrow's reality. After I just read that, where the 10 said, no, can't do it, it's not good, not optimistic, not confident. Can't, can't happen, can't happen, you know. Uh, and then Joshua and Caleb, oh, we get, yes, 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 you can. And you know the ten were struck dead, and the two entered in. And then I read, today's attitude is tomorrow's reality. And then I read a couple of lines later, negative thoughts and fears can become self-fulfilling prophecies. Well, what, what made this so in, impactful for me, and I'm closing, why don't you come in? Why don't you come in? Uh, what made this so impactful for me, this was on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember what day. I'm old. I can't remember. Uh, but on last Thursday, the Thursday before, our neighbor from across the street came over and he said I want to I want to buy this hill over here you know where our crosses are at and he, he lives right next door to it and he said I want to buy that I'd like to buy that property over there and uh, he said or at least a piece of it he said I just want to kind of fix up my land and and uh, he said I need more land and I'd like to buy that and and I said well I said you know we've never really had any plans to sell it and I knew when I said we I, I, I was I was specifically if I'm being honest speaking of me I wasn't thinking about anybody else this is what I don't want to sell that land you know God I felt like gave us that land you know I, I just felt I mean the story behind it I don't have time to go into it but I just feel like God gave us that land but all these years that's been 20 years ago probably something like that long time ago and it's just a hill of weeds as far as i'm concerned nothing's being done with it nothing's happening so after that conversation with him that day i've been thinking about it over and over like yeah you know we're never going to do anything with that land i just that's what i was thinking it's never you know i just kind of got into that mindset like it's just not going to happen nothing's ever going to happen probably should just we could we could do away with the sliver of land it doesn't matter we can just sell it to the person move on and then that next few days i read this these things and i don't know and then after i shared this at the staff meeting daniel says well it sounds like you got your answer and i'm like i don't know maybe i don't know but you know i know we, we all know, you know, like what it's like sometimes to have a promise or to have a hope or have a dream or have a, 
an idea. We feel like God called us to it. And God gave us that plan. Or God gave us that dream, but it doesn't seem like it's happened. Listen, it's going to take a while. Don't give up. Stake your claim. Go after it. God will give you the land. Amen? Have the courage. Have the courage to hang in there. Let's all stand together. Could the prayer team come? Those who are going to pray for people. And if you have any needs today, any needs, physical needs, any need, whatever burden is on your heart, these good folks will pray with you. But if there's something about your future, something about God's calling on your life too, I would encourage you to come and pray. Or maybe you're grappling with fear of the unknown, fear of failure. Whatever the case, come. Let them pray with you. I'm going to close in prayer. When I'm done, you're dismissed or you can come for prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. You're faithful and good. You never fail us. You never let us down. Lord, I just pray that today that truth was settled in our hearts. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? God, I pray that we would walk out of here with the courage to go after and to take hold of everything that you have put in our heart to do and to be. That there would be no struggle, no addiction, no stronghold, no opposition, no enemy uh, intimidation, Lord, that would stop us from going forward. I pray that we would walk out of here as we are, victorious, more than conquerors. We thank you for your goodness. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody says amen. Amen. God bless you guys.